From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. You're listening to the new Blue Review. I'm Benji Shulman, and if you're uh, tuning in from 101.9 High FM or the Jerusalem Post, welcome to the program. It is good to be with you once again, discussing everything that is from politics to current affairs to culture and everything in between, uh, as we like to do on this show. And uh, in today's show, I am very, very happy to be going to and speaking to one of my favorite places to visit uh, in Israel, a very, very interesting part of Israeli culture uh, and heritage, and one that is celebrating some of the landmark achievements of Israel to date. It is the Menachem Begin Center, and uh, we're speaking to the president there. He is Herzl Makov, and uh, we're going to be chatting to him about what is the center all about, what does it do, and uh, how can you be a part of it the next time you go to Israel, or even uh, if you're not. Uh, Herzl, welcome to the program. Nice to have you on the new Blue Review. Great to be here. Thank you, Benji. So perhaps for people who don't know about the center, could you start off by telling us what it does? Uh, the purpose of the center is to commemorate and uh, take the heritage and the biography of Menachem Begin, the sixth prime minister of Israel, uh, the leader of the organization which fought against the British before the state was established, and uh, considered to be one of the most uh, important uh, prime ministers of Israel and uh, a leader of the Jewish people in the 20th century. And we try to bring it to the current and next generation. Okay, and is it uh, who who actually uh, creates and founds the museum? Is it connected to a political party? Is it uh, by itself? How, how does it actually work to, to do that sort of stuff? No, it's a, it's a national project. Uh, in Israel, the, um, the state decided to commemorate three prime ministers. David Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister of the state. Uh, it's Hak Rabin, uh, due to the fact that he was assassinated uh, during his term as a prime minister. And Menachem Begin, that uh, in many ways, with David Ben-Gurion, considered to be uh, the forefather of the state of Israel, uh, due to the role that he played in the creation of the state of Israel, and the fact that uh, uh, in his term uh, as a prime minister, in many ways he reshaped the structure of the society, the geostrategic uh, situation of Israel, and many, many other places. So, if I am someone who's coming to the center, uh, I've heard about maybe on this interview or, or something that you guys have done, what are the kinds of things that I can expect to see as part of the work that the center does? Um, the main activity uh, to the public is the museum, which is a modern museum based on movies and interactive uh, approach. Uh, which give you, uh, you the visitor, uh, the story, the biography of Menachem Begin. And because his story is uh, so symbolic to the history of the Jewish people uh, in the 20th century, you get the sense of the history. He was born in uh, uh, the diaspora in Poland, uh, grew in a shtetl, 
Jewish title with a lot of Jewish education, with deep Jewish education, became very active in the uh, Jewish uh, Zionist youth movement, became a leader there, was arrested by the Russians during the Second World War, uh, was released because the agreement between uh, uh, Russia, the Soviet Union then, and uh, Great Britain, and came to Israel as part of the Polish army. And here he joined the, uh, the underground and uh, immediately became the commander of the Irgun, the organization which fought the British uh, in order to uh, achieve uh, Israel uh, independence, Israel sovereignty over the land of Israel. And then after the independence, he joined the political life, served 29 years in the uh, opposition, and in 1977 became the Prime Minister of the State of Israel, uh, and for six years he uh, did this uh, job uh, and accomplished great uh, accomplishments to the State of Israel, uh, like just to mention the first peace agreement with the greatest Arabic country, Egypt, uh, which we celebrate now, um, the bombing of the Iraq nuclear reactor, uh, and also uh, on another field, the social field, initiate Project Renewal, which uh, was intended to fight poverty uh, in the state of Israel, and it was the biggest social project in the history of, uh, of Israel. So, so uh, his story is, for itself, uh, is uh, amazing and very interesting. Now, uh, the election of Menachem Begin in 1977 was a, a landmark change in, in, the, in the politics of Israel. Up till then, had been dominated by the, the socialist parties uh, under Ben-Gurion's vary, uh, varying uh, parties, Golda Meir, uh, and he brought a whole new... Uh, way of thinking to to Israeli politics also brought in a whole range of of perhaps people who had sat on the sidelines uh, of Israeli politics for many years. Can you give us a sense about what was Menachem Begin's political philosophy uh, as opposed to the people that he beat in that seventy seven uh, election that that was so different? Uh, as you said, until seventy seven, the government was a socialist gov- government which believed in the centrality of economics and uh, control economics by the government. Menachem Begin was liberal. He was national liberal, but he was liberal. He believed in the uh, individual and in the uh, freedom of the individual and in the uh, power of the individual to uh, uh, progress uh, the society. So that was a revolution, in a way, of uh, thinking uh, in Israel, you know, just for example, uh, until he came to power, uh, Israelis were not allowed to uh, hold a, a foreign currency account and weren't allowed to take foreign currency from the bank unless you went to a tour abroad. You had a, a limit amount that you could take. He made the economy. Uh, 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 free, free economy. But on the other hand, or on the same time, he believed in social justice. 
He wasn't a socialist, but he believed in social justice. And he believed, according to his philosophy, that the government has to supply, I would say, a floor that will support everybody uh, and not let citizens fall under the bus, as we say here. Uh, so, and uh, he called it in Hebrew, Chameshet uh, Amemim, 5M, because that's where the abbreviation of More, Malbush, uh, I'll say it in English, education, clothing, food, health, and housing. He said that the state has to supply every citizen, every member of society, with those five uh, minimal uh, uh, requirements. And above that, there is a free uh, economy. Uh, beside that, he, he uh, believed very strongly uh, in the right of the Jewish people to uh, the land of Israel and, and considered to be hawkish uh, regarding uh, uh, negotiation with uh, our neighbors. But as I said before, uh, surprisingly, uh, Dafka, you know, from his approach, uh, he was able to be the first prime minister to sign a peace agreement. In a way, the only peace agreement that we had, we have since the establishment of the state of Israel, and with the most important Arabic country, uh, Egypt. And we, in November, actually uh, next week. Uh, it's 40 years to the arrival of President Anwar el-Sadat, uh, the Egyptian president, who uh, uh, received big in invitation. Uh, there was some, uh, some uh, secret negotiation before, uh, but then it went public, and he came and, and spoke to the Knesset, to the Israeli parliament, and they started uh, a process of negotiation, open negotiation, which uh, took about a year and a half. And in 79, the agreement was signed. And since then, 40 years, uh, we have uh, uh, peace with Egypt. It's absolutely a fascinating story, uh, the story of Begin and, and, and Anwar Sadat, because, of course, it came off the back of uh, the Yom Kippur War, which was one of the propelling events that helped bring uh, Begin to power in the first place. Uh, right. and, and then he had to conduct uh, this negotiation with a guy who eventually became his friend uh, and who was then eventually assassinated in, in the process. Uh, what are you guys doing to, to, to commemorate these events? What sort of uh, things are on that uh, will, will uh, you know, look at this, this, this part of Israeli history? We have a few, event, few events here at the center, in the parliament, and in the president uh, residence. Um, some, two of the events are uh, we are doing with the Egyptian uh, embassy here, with their, their, the participa participant uh, of the uh, Egyptian ambassador to Israel. Um, um, and we are learning. Uh, and trying to teach the public about an event that happened 40 years ago. And you know, today, 40 years ago, it's not only history to some of the people, it's archaeology. <laughs> so, we have to, so we have to bring it back and to see if we can learn from the process that Menachem Begin initiated to, uh, to our current situation 
because as you know we still have conflict all over uh, uh, all, all over us uh, and, and it was a, an amazing uh, process to learn from uh, just regarding you know not just from Israeli uh, aspect from uh, international relations aspect how we had to do it in a way against the the will of the big power that that the process was started uh, behind uh, them without their knowledge they sought uh, both uh, America under Jimmy Carter and Russia to to have an international uh, uh, summit in Geneva both Begin and Sadat didn't like it didn't like that idea uh, didn't think that this uh Uh, model will bring us peace so they negotiate behind their backs and just after they uh, arrived somewhere they uh, told the American and then of course there was a, a very deep involvement of uh, the American administration which took part of the negotiation uh, so we have to learn from that uh, No, absolutely. I think that that is something uh, which has been forgotten, that it was actually the people on the ground who decided that they wanted peace first before having had it imposed uh, from the outside. And the outside world helped, but they required uh, people uh, people to connect. Uh, do you think that... Uh, that we learned, by the way, we learned mm. that from history, is that peace cannot be imposed uh, from above. It has to be the wish and the willingness and the leadership of the people, of, of the sides of the conflict. Um, and, and that's why they were afraid of having international uh, conference, which, you know, there everybody pulls to its own interest. And uh, in making peace, you have to make sure that both sides' interests are uh, answered, not the third side and fourth side and fifth side that are gathering Uh, in in uh, in uh, palace in, in Geneva. Right. No. Absolutely. Uh, and and do you think that that's something that's been a, a little bit forgotten uh, in terms of uh, some of the current challenges that various uh, groups are, are facing? Yeah, it has been forgotten. I can tell you. It's, I know. I met just a few days ago. Uh, I won't say uh, the position, but a very high rank person deal with Israel relation nowadays and I told them about the process they didn't know they knew that there is a peace they didn't know about the negotiation they didn't know that uh, Menachem Begin went to Romania and went to Iran and uh, and to Morocco in order to get to Saadat uh, first they didn't know anything about the the secret side which is now not secret anymore. I mean, it's 40 years ago, but just as a, a lack of knowledge. Uh, and they didn't realize what uh, were the principles that led Menachem Begin and what was the tactics that uh, both Egypt and Israel took in order to, to get to where we are. 
You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue, New Blue Review. We're talking to Herzl Markov. He is the president of the Menachem Begin Heritage Center, and uh, we've been chatting about the center and about 40 years since the peace treaty between Israel and Egypt. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be chatting to him once again. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 Chai FM. You're back with 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. And if you're just joining us, we're listening to Herzl Makov, or, or talking to him rather, uh, about 40 years of peace with uh, Egypt and Israel. And he is from the Menachem Be- Be- Begin Heritage uh, Center. And uh, you can visit the center. It's a really, really great place to go if you want to learn about one of Israel's most important political leaders. Uh, Herzl, you... you just before the break, you, you, you must admit that it's not only a great place, the view from here of <laughs> Jerusalem is also great. Well, there you go. That's, that's important. Uh, I, I haven't seen the view, so, um, uh, but, but I am on, I'm on Skype, so I can kind of see it through the window there. It does, does certainly look like a, a good office. So if you have the opportunity and you want to go to a museum with the view, uh, also, also worth <laughs> while doing it. Uh, now, Herzl, I, I, you, you kind of gave us a little bit of a, a, an interesting uh, background into some of the peace negotiations. Uh, I don't think I can let you go without uh, giving us some of those uh, secret negotiations and how it happened. Can, can, you, can you sketch one of the interesting stories uh, from the peace process? Um, yeah, there are many stories. I, since uh, I want your listeners and you... No, Begin, I'll tell you one story which is indicated that maybe uh, regarding his character. Uh, during the process, of course, they came to a crisis, uh, and then the um, uh, American president, Jimmy Carter at the time, uh, decided to have a summit in Camp David, the presidential uh, retreat uh, location in, 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 uh, near Washington. And he sent his uh, Secretary of State, uh, Sai Vance was his name, and he uh, came to Israel and he spoke to uh, uh, Begin and, uh, and suggested, and Begin said, of course, I'll come. Uh, and before he left, he just asked Begin not to make it public because from Jerusalem, uh, the Secretary is going to uh, Egypt and he doesn't want the uh, Egyptian president to hear about it from the press, so if Begin uh, is ready to uh, keep it secret. So Begin said, of course, uh, and he escorted the guy, his uh, guest, outside, and there outside was a group of uh, news uh, uh, people, um, among them the correspondent of AP, and immediately he asked uh, the Prime Minister, Mr. Prime Minister, did you get an invitation to come to the United States? Which is always a question that uh, 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 a reporter asks because it's a good question to every situation. Uh, Begin didn't know what to say. He mumbled something and ran back to his uh, office. Uh, and then he was really upset because he told his uh, press officer uh, I feel bad that I didn't tell the guy the, the truth. But on the other hand, I couldn't tell him uh, because I was asked by uh, the Secretary of State. So we decided then to send a letter of apology 
to the AP reporter, uh, apologizing that he couldn't uh, tell him the whole truth. And when you will get the letter, you will understand why, because you will hear uh, already what's happened in Cairo. Uh, and the reporter used to say that for years he went with this letter in his pocket because never in, during, all, in, uh, uh, during all his career, never politician apologizing for not telling the truth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, can you... and, and Begin really was a politician that you know in maybe almost 50 years of career no other politician was able to say uh, Menachem Begin cheat, uh, didn't tell me the truth uh, played a trick on me he was a very honest and a person of integrity can you just and, imagine uh, if uh, he had Twitter uh, now, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's something else I'd like to ask you, uh, moving away from the international stage. Uh, Menachem Begin had a very particular interaction with religion. Um, he himself was not uh, religious in the way, or observant maybe is the best way to, to say it, but he did famously have quite strong views about religion in the public sphere, uh, famously fought with LL about uh flying on Shabbat. Can you tell us a little bit more about how his approach to, I guess, Israel being a Jewish and a democratic state? Yeah, as I said, he was liberal, very radical liberal, with one exception, the role of religion, as you said, in the public sphere of the Jewish state. Uh, as, as you said, he wasn't a religious by himself and didn't uh, kept uh, all the commands. But he was a very traditional Jew, uh, and not like many other Zionist leaders that thought that exile is something negative that we have to uh, abolish, and we first we have to finish it, and every Jew should come to the uh, state of Israel. And also the history of the exile was a shame to the Jewish history. He believes that this is... It wasn't a shame, it was part of our uh, history, it's part of the culture, and he used a lot of uh, traditional idioms and uh, words and terminology uh, in his uh, public uh, speeches and in his writing. And he felt that uh, since we are a Jewish state, uh, Jewish uh, culture, uh, the traditional culture should uh, be present in uh, our life and one of them it's Shabbat the other thing was that he fought against is uh, the growing and selling of uh, pork in Israel and he said not from religion not because God told us that but we have to respect the fact that our fathers and grandfather gave their life uh, and were ready to give their life uh, on those uh, principles, so out of respect to them, we should uh, 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 also give respect to those uh, law and traditions. Mm. Um, and in a way, that's one of the uh, issues or one of the levels uh, that he changed in the uh, sphere of Israel, and it's uh, really uh, spoke well to uh, uh, many, many Jews here 
mainly the, those who came from uh, uh, the Islamic uh, state and the Arab states were also uh, all traditional and were uh, uh, at least they felt that they are attacked by the socialist uh, regime of Israel to forget all the tradition and heritage that they brought from their uh, home. Uh, so although Menachem Begin was an Ashkenazi Jew, uh, he was very, very popular among Sephardic Jews uh, here in the state of Israel. Uh, some even said that he is a Moroccan, actually. <laughs> now, one of the things that Menachem Begin also did was he was an extensive writer. He did several uh, biographies, one of which was famously read by Nelson Mandela, uh, which he used as the basis for his uh, uh, a, a military campaign in, in South Africa, uh, but he also wrote uh, many many other tracts. And this is something which the center has carried on uh, in terms of research and giving awards for research. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, how that research and academic aspect is carried on by the center? Um, as you said, uh, he was the only Israeli that was mentioned by Mandela in his memoir. Uh, and by the way, it's a story, you know, that uh, go back to the 50s in South Africa when he wrote uh, the book uh, called The Revolt. Uh, he came to, the, uh, to uh, launch the book in South Africa, the English version. And uh, when he was uh, going into the hall to, the, to start the event, he heard some noise around the entrance and he asked his friends what's going on. And people told him that uh, a few black people uh, wanted to enter the event. And of course, according to the laws in South Africa at that time, they weren't allowed to do so. So he said, if they are not entering, I'm not entering. Um, they, the, the host tried to explain to him, you know, it's a whole, he said, I'm telling you, I'm not entering, the, I'm not talking. So there was a, a, a compromise that they, the, the black people will sit in the balcony uh, and at the end of the event he went up to them gave them his book and signed uh, the book and maybe that's the way it got to Mandela I'm not sure but that's a story that Menachem Begin uh, told uh, wrote about in the papers after he came back from South Africa um Regarding the research, we encourage, uh, we, we are not uh, uh, doing our own research, uh, but we encourage academicians in Israel uh, to write and to research uh, quite a few aspects of uh, Begin's uh, life and, and philosophy and uh, terms of prime ministers, uh, because uh, unfortunately, there isn't a lot of uh, academic uh, writing uh, regarding his term and uh, him uh, in general in the Israeli academy. And besides that, you also have a number of, of programs to engage younger people, uh, internships, uh, things that uh, can help people think politically. What, what kind of programs are those? Yeah, we have a lot of programs because we uh, don't see ourselves only, you know, as a mausoleum of Menachem Begin. 
We're talking to Herzl Markov. He is the president of the Menachem Begin Heritage Center. And uh, we've been chatting about the center and about 40 years since the peace treaty between Israel and Egypt.